0: hello and welcome to what's in a name the podcast all about what names mean and how they came to be i am james i am anna and this is technically season three of our podcast season two comprising as it did what was yep, it one I can't
1: one normal episode and <laughs> one parody episode about crabs
0: what was the normal episode about i don't remember greek mythology was it? That was a good one. It was you a good were, one. Yeah, people should go back and listen to it.
1: I had a nice time. <laughs> I went back and listened to it so that I could remember the format of our own podcast.
0: <laughs> that is a reasonable step, step to, to take. Hard. As I was doing the research, it all came flooding back to me. So I think this is going to be one of one of our top twelve episodes.
1: <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt we can pull off that dizzying height.
0: <laughs> do you want to start? Do you want to? Do you want to tell people what we're covering?
1: Well, God, why not? Um, today, we are covering Baked Goods, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> um, I don't know how we even came up with this theme. We have a list of episode themes to pick from, and Baked Goods just worked its way onto there at some point and never quite I was going to say,
0: Baked Goods isn't technically on it, is it? I think we just...
1: <laughs> it says some Baked point... Goods on my list.
0: Okay, well, you must have added that because I've got the original list. Biscuits is on the original yeah. list, but not, not gen- general Baked Goods.
1: No, I think it's a separate item. It's a separate. Anyway, I'm delighted that I put it on my list because it's objectively <laughs> a great theme, and we're going to answer some of your long-held queries about where uh, the words for various pastries come from.
0: Yeah, and then we're going to make up some of our own as we, we are. <laughs> always forget to do.
1: <laughs> not until always. about well, normally normally this time I remembered I have invented some words.
0: <laughs> I've and invented. Will not one. be
1: wildly improvising. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we'll get to it. Do you want to start us off with uh, your first bait? good?
1: I'm going to be greedy and take the example one, because usually when we're discussing these themes, we pick out, for example, X, and it's croissant for this one. Okay. croissant or croissant, depending on how French you're feeling <laughs> to say. Um, Pretty obvious that it's got some links with crescent, but beyond that, you might not know the history, so that's what I I'm not into here. So crescent itself comes from the Latin crescere which means to come forth, spring up, grow, and thrive, which, yeah, we will have more synonyms on our OnlyFans, Um, (laughs) which is pretty cool. Crescere has the Proto-Indo-European root care, which is to grow, and in Latin, it applied to the waxing moon. So this is interesting, right? That phase of the moon takes you from a crescent all the way through gibbous to full. As long as it's growing, as long as it's waxing, that was crescere. Okay, um, yeah, but it later came to just refer to the crescent shape that we now know, and that is essentially a linguistic error. At some point, the two terms got conflated, and uh, so the meaning changed subtly over time, as they often do.
0: Okay. Um, so is this the same root as like creche, for example?
1: Interesting. Yes. Um, so other cognates for croissant, and we've talked before about linguistic structures and cognates are like the sibling words mm-hmm. that devolve from the same etymon. Um And it includes crescendo, create, yes, crash, and increase. And weirdly, Mm. crest, like the cresting of waves, is a (laughs) false friend. Um, That's derived from the Proto-Indo-European scare, meaning turn or to bend. Mm. So I thought for sure there'd be a link there, but there isn't.
0: Um, It would make sense, wouldn't it? But then (laughs) so much of this doesn't make sense.
1: (laughs) When is language ever sensible? Exactly. (laughs) Um, I also found out that the earlier form of the croissant, was the Austrian Kipferl or Kifli. And uh, Kipfer, the Austrian word Kipfer, means the horns of a carriage, and it refers again to the curved shape. Mm. The crescent bread is a pretty natural shape for rolled dough to take, uh, so it goes back a really long way. And in fact, there's a list of foods from a 10th century convent, which includes Panis moon moonbread.
0: <laughs> referring, as it does, to the crescent shape.
1: One would assume um yeah but unless it, really waxing, cool. unless it was a waxing unless it was a waxing sure it was just a bun it was a full, Could moon, have just been a bun, full yeah. moon bread <laughs> yeah so but, i had a i had a fun little journey finding that all that out thank you very much for letting me take the obvious one i feel like i've possibly stolen one you were saving
0: no no i didn't even research that one okay. uh, good
1: to you then if you want to take us on a road okay
0: so i i looked into the word pastry itself because you know you it's one of those things where you think, well, this has probably got a fairly obvious etymology. And it turns out it has got a very obvious etymology, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I was interested in some of the related words. So pastry is called pastry because it comes from, you know, a paste and referring to the dough. But that is also related to uh, several other forms of food. So patty and pate and pasta are all basically come from the same root of, you know, you mash up a bunch of food, then eat it. So that all of those words go back to an ancient Greek word, uh, paso, meaning sprinkle, which comes from a Proto-Indo-European word that meant to shape. So all of these, these paste words come from the idea of sprinkling flour into, into you know, water to form a, a dough of some kind, which I thought was interesting.
1: That's fascinating because I found a slightly different path. Okay. The Proto-Indo-European word peh meaning to graze, which mm. became pasta and pastry. That's how I had it anyway, but um, perhaps it more focuses on pan. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, again, this is one of the problems with etymology, right? Is that a lot of the, so, <laughs> a lot of the research is just making assumptions.
1: Well, that's the fascinating thing about Proto-Indo-European. As a language, it's entirely reverse constructed. We've mm-hmm. invented it backwards from the words that exist now, going, well, logically, there must have been, and then trying to back-invent words. We're trying to on an entire language, essentially. It's fascinating <laughs> stuff, but it does mean that there's an awful lot of grey areas.
0: You don't want grey areas on your pastry, though.
1: You don't. You don't at all.
0: If you see the grey areas on the pastry, you have to throw <laughs> it away.
1: So I found that out from my digging on bread. Am I okay to go ahead with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, bread, you may be familiar with the Latin phrase panem et circenses." No. It means bread and circuses. May I'm well familiar be
0: with that phrase. That was pronouncing Star it entirely
1: Trek. wrong. <laughs> well, there you go then. Clearly, that's a, a common enough cultural reference to be used in Star Trek. So it's it <laughs> um But yeah, panem was Latin for bread, uh, which became pan in French. And we've explored two kinds of pan already in our previous episodes. The goat god in mm-hmm. our mythology episode and pan as a prefix meaning all, like in pandemonium. So I was like... Yeah, sure. So I thought, which kind of pan became panem, bread? And uh, we don't know. <laughs> that's when all the speculative Proto-Indo-European crept in and I got to peh. But as far as the word bread itself, that's uh, Germanic. It's There's a couple of theories that it's either from the Proto-Germanic word brothem, no idea <laughs> if I'm pronouncing that right, from the root brew, meaning to boil or bubble, uh, which refers to the leavening effect of yeast,
0: And that puts it
1: alongside um, beer, brew, and broil.
0: And presumably, uh, pretzel is derived from that.
1: I'll get to that. (laughs) Okay. Because no, pretzels will be interesting. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, but you can wait. The (laughs) the other theory, the other possible Proto Germanic root for bread is broadsman, which means bits and puts it alongside break, breach, and brick. Okay, so either way, it's not the first word we had in English for bread. The first word we had, the old English word at least, was hlaff, which became loaf. Ah. So a loaf of bread is tautological. i've been
0: <laughs> I've been listening to uh, a radio series about Anglo-Saxon Britain, so I have Ooh. recently decided that Anglo-Saxon language should be respected.
1: that's that's a good idea, and I'm sure the Anglo-Saxon community breathes a sigh of relief <laughs> that you've come to that conclusion indeed they were waiting for your answer so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so i'm going to give you a choice now for which one i do Ooh. next how do you feel about i've got short crust pastry profiterole or pie
1: um i feel positive about all of them but i would love to hear about pie so pie
0: is a very interesting word because it only exists in english which i think really? is fascinating yeah it's That's very it, unusual it exists in English and there's one other language which exists in, which is Gaelic,
1: hmm. um,
0: which it arrived through as a loan word from English. Mm-hmm. So pi is completely unique to the English language.
1: That's so weird. Where did it come
0: from? So well, that's what I looked into. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point of the podcast.
1: I'm setting um, you up perfectly.
0: <laughs> yeah, this one is, again, very interesting because it the distinction that was made circa sort of 1300 is that pastries had a single ingredient in and pies had multiple ingredients in so that was the the difference as to whether something was a pie or a pastry was based on what the contents of it were
1: if it had a filling okay
0: yeah and the one of the theories about why that was is because the word pie is related to the mag to magpie possibly and i personally i think this is too poetic but the belief is that magpies as birds that used to collect like lots of objects and sort of mix them together in their nest were the inspiration for the idea of having multiple ingredients within one pastry
1: i mean the word pied is used in lots of different contexts to mean um more than one color right you've got piebald horses Mm -hmm. or the pied piper would be someone who's dressed in two colors yeah. But yeah. um the idea of magpies and their nests, I'd never heard that before.
0: Personally, I look at that and go, I feel like that's
1: that's yeah. someone being twee.
0: Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah. possibly there's a a different root. I actually I looked up um why magpies were called magpies. hmm And the suggestion there is that it's a derivative of pica in Latin. Although pica was a word that meant a craving for substance unfit for food. And yeah because uh magpies were carrion feeders,
1: some people still have that, don't they?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> normally during a pregnancy.
1: a fascinating and quite unsettling condition.
0: The thing that interests me there is that pies might somehow be <laughs> related to the word unfit for consumption. <laughs> that is pretty good, which you know we've we've all eaten supermarket pies, so we know
1: that we know that feeling um can I talk to you about macaron and macaroon? Yes. So as you might expect, from like most of our cuisine words, it's French from Italian, as a lot of them are. Um, the Italian word macaroni was an Italian word for paste. <laughs> um, it referred to the almond paste originally you used to make them, which came from macare to bruise, batter and crush. Okay. So crushed almonds make the, one of the main ingredients of a macaron. Mm. Um, another theory, though, as there's always more than one. Uh, is that it came from Macaria, which was a late Greek word for food made from barley. Maybe, who
0: knows? <laughs> so is it made from almonds or barley?
1: It's definitely made from, well, <laughs> almond macarons are made from almond. <laughs> coconut ones, not so much. But interestingly, you know how the coconut ones are called macaroons? Mm-hmm. We took the French word macaron and made the ending un so that it sounded Frenchier. It was supposed emphasis on the frenchiness of the last syllable apparently we Come did this all on. the time in the 15th to 17th centuries Come is how guys. we got um spittoon balloon and bassoon Because, like <laughs> french for balloon is ballon but we were like how do we make that on how do we make sure people really know that we're not just saying and it we wrong we make
0: people really lean into the frenchness of it
1: yeah so we got balloon which is great
0: wow <laughs> take that I love in
1: English. What ridiculous <laughs> language we're sitting
0: on. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of quick ones. Nice. So are you aware of the Bedfordshire Clanger?
1: <laughs> no. Uh,
0: I chose this because I am currently Bedfordshire adjacent. Um, Sounds like some sort of historical faux pas. <laughs> the Bedfordshire Clanger. Well, you're not far wrong. The Bedfordshire mm. Clanger um, is a pastry that was... A simple filled pastry that used to have uh, a sweet filling in one end and a savoury filling in the other, and that's not un- unusual. I believe Cornish pasties
1: yes, yes. were like
0: that back in the day. They had jam in one end and and sort of savoury meat in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're a work of food that people used to, you know, take and eat either hot or cold on their lunch break. Um, and apparently, the clangour part of the name refers to the mistake of mixing sweet and savoury. So it is, as you say, a historical mistake.
1: <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome.
0: Uh, I also looked up eclair. Did you know about eclair?
1: I did. I looked that one up too.
0: Do you want to give that one?
1: Sure. Um, eclair means lightning. It's from the Latin ex clarere, to light up or illuminate. Ex meaning out of and clarus meaning clear. And it's called that because you eat it so fast. <laughs>
0: Which I think if they're going to be called anything, they should be called like a giant fucking mess. Never eaten an eclair without getting entirely covered in cream.
1: Nice. There's definitely scope for a, for a pastry called the giant fucking mess. And I would <laughs> eat them all the goddamn time. <laughs> have you got
0: any others that you want oh, yeah. to do? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so do another one. You may be interested to know that doughnuts have gone by several names, including Olly meaning oil cakes, mm-hmm. and Doughboys. Love that. <laughs> I think we should bring back <laughs> dough boys
0: do we know the etymology of donut
1: oh sure uh dough and nut okay so, so dough uh, is from a word meaning to form or to build which came through the proto-germanic *digaz*, something needed nut comes from old english nutu from proto-germanic nut uh which is from the proto-indo-european knu or new or no <laughs> i don't know how it's pronounced it's k-n-e-u which is the source of the Latin "nux," which gives us "nucleus" and nougat. Interesting.
0: In a way, I'm surprised that "donut" isn't related to nut, you know, as in nuts and bolts. My platonic ideal of a donut is a ring donut.
1: Oh, I see. So you've associated the shape with the metal nuts. At least I did when That's uh, I did when I
0: was a kid. Yeah.
1: I never, I never joined those dots, but I can completely see why you would. Yeah. And but no, it's it's more a tree nut because I think they didn't originally have holes in the middle. <laughs> what tree nuts didn't? Yeah.
0: Sure, sure. Tree nuts were not originally ring-shaped and indeed still haven't that we made that of. yet.
1: That we know of. Um, <laughs> I told you I would look into pretzel, didn't I? Yeah. So that comes from the German pretzel from Latin brachitella, which is a diminutive of brachiatus, meaning with branches or with arms.
0: Ooh, okay. That's the, of,
1: that's the root of embrace, brassiere and brachiosaurus, <laughs> which I quite liked. It's a very broad influence. And it's thought to be named that. Can you guess why?
0: Um, because of folded arms? No, that yeah. doesn't... Really? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Spot on, first try. It's thought to be named that because it looks like folded arms.
0: Um, yeah, I can sort of see it.
1: <laughs> sort of. <laughs> they get they get a D plus from yeah. games there for their naming. Now, you said you had something for Profiterol. I looked into I do. that too. I have so. a...
0: Okay, I I have a lot of little bits about profiterole, which I think oh, are really interesting. It. I was very pleased with all the stuff I learned about this one. Oh, go. Okay. So uh, profiterole means small treat in uh comes from profits and uh erole, which is a diminutive suffix from Latin. And that erole suffix you can also see in words like casserole, which mm-hmm. is something cooked in a small container. Mm-hmm. You can also find it in principally anatomical words like bronchiole and vacuole.
1: So that's interesting because I had um, it meaning profit from the Latin perfectus, meaning to benefit, increase, or grow. Mm-hmm. So I thought we were saying there were little growers, which is adorable because that's what they do <laughs> in the oven. Of course, they puff up a substantial amount.
0: It could be. It could be either.
1: It could be either. We're making it up as we go, essentially, but that's fine. That's etymology. also what i found really interesting was that the third syllable the er is basically just a break for clarity like ol um is the diminutive Mm -hmm. the er bit is just to sort of separate it from the profit part of the word yeah that's really cool the
0: same same as casserole because the the initial part of the word cass means container or case yeah and the er is just there to separate case and all
1: yeah, like verbal punctuation. I like I it.
0: <laughs> um, I've got one more that I think I should do. Go for uh, it and
1: then I've got one more.
0: Okay, so the one I'm going to do is shortcrust pastry, because I looked into this very deeply to try and figure out why shortcrust pastry is called shortcrust.
1: I'm fascinated by that. It never occurred to me to even wonder. Yeah. Go for do you, it. Do you have any theories? Short. Okay, so they had, there was something called shortening, wasn't there?
0: There is, However, shortening okay. is shortening is called shortening because it makes pastry short. Oh fuck! Okay, shorten, shortening is just any non any fat at room temp that is solid at room temperature. Okay, yeah. Um, and so apparently the word "short" in the distant past, like we're talking again, like thirteen hundreds, meant a uh, short meant brittle because. Huh specifically <laughs> um the texture of dung or manure which had short straw in it meant it turned into like small crumbs, you know, of fertilizer basically.
1: That is a wild change.
0: Yeah. So like... the word the word short, as in short crust or short bread or short cakes, refers to its crumbliness, which oh comes from <laughs> the the crumbliness of manure with short pieces of hay in
1: this is of all the little etymological journeys we've been on this is the one that most astounds me for how it's worked <laughs> its way it's called short because of the short bits of hay in poop mm-hmm. oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I apologize if that makes eating the pastry any less uh, enjoyable
1: ultimately if I've learned anything from past episodes it's that I haven't learned anything from past episodes so I fully expect to have forgotten by the time I next come to eat something. <laughs> okay i
0: I think we've got time for one more before we go into our final section
1: cool yeah um strudel okay i I know know this one it means whirlpool it's the german for whirlpool and it's because when you cut into it you can see how the pastry is rolled around the filling
0: (laughs) it comes from middle high german yes it does
1: yes it does i think that's very cute i like it when a name refers to the shape of a thing
0: yeah i thought that was a very good one i did try and look into it more deeply and it just got lots of like weird sort of latin words that meant things like like sizzle or something so it wasn't it yeah. wasn't very enjoyable but i really i think the whirlpool part is the the nice poetic place to to end with that
1: yeah okay
0: so are you ready to go on to our next section
1: i am i am and what do this we call section, this
0: section i believe we call this section any other words
1: we do. I'd forgotten that. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in this section, we invent some new words for things that, uh, concepts that exist that either or that either need replacing or do not have an adequate word currently. So I've only got one for this. Um, have you got more than one? I've got two. Okay, so you go first.
1: So the first one I wanted was to rename hot cross buns because it's a bit clunky and it's fully anglicized, which if we've learned anything from the rest of it, it should be French or German.
0: Usually they're not that hot, especially when you buy them.
1: Yeah. Um, and I just feel like we can do better. So I wanted to call them a translation of plus buns because they look like pluses. Um, <laughs> and what I learned was that French for plus is plus, belt plus, and mm-hmm. German for plus is plus. So <laughs> didn't get very far on that. But what I did decide in the end with help from our German correspondent, Danny, was that we can call them, and I'm going to try very hard to get this right, I think um and that means additional bun or addition (laughs) bun which I think is a great name for a hot cross bun and we need to sort of strip it of some of its religious connotations because to be truthful apparently the only place they really exist is England um so I reckon we're probably just doing it because of the flag yeah. Um, Hot my... cross buns are cancelled. <laughs> they are fash. We're not doing my them concern,
0: anymore. My concern is that you took several goes to say that and we had to edit them uh, out because it was so difficult.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll get used to it. We got used to pretzel and proviso. Yeah. And linguine, we'll be all right. We'll be fine.
0: And balloon. We can anglicize
1: it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll anglicize it a little bit.
0: We may need to anglicize it a lot.
1: look brocken. There you go.
0: <laughs> it's interesting to me that you took an Anglo-Saxon designation for a pastry and tried to fancy it up by turning it European, which especially after what I said earlier about respecting the Anglo-Saxon language, oh, no. I think is actively insulting.
1: Well, we can reverse it by calling pretzels um folded arms.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so I, I looked at biscuit and cookie and I thought these are way too Anglo-Saxon. Ooh.
1: Okay, so you've also betrayed our noble (laughs) language. Yeah,
0: I couldn't help it. Like, the problem is, (laughs) biscuit, if you look into the etymology etymology of biscuit, it means twice cooked. And if you look in the etymology of cookie, it means cooked. And I thought, (laughs) this is stupid, because all of these things are cooked. But (laughs) biscuit and cookie tells you nothing about what the actual food is like. True. So I looked into two things. I thought, cookies, you know, you tend to get... Uh, A sort of sweets sweet pastry with stuff studded in it like chocolate or m&ms sure ideally
1: in a perfect world
0: in a perfect world or you know pieces of chocolate orange at certain supermarkets
1: Ooh, yeah mate
0: (laughs) um so i thought well okay what what is the french word for studded that word is clouté unfortunately clouté already exists as a cooking concept So I thought, okay, what else are they like? They're like sort of slabs of sweet pastry, right? So what's slab in French? That is pavé. Now, regrettably, pavé also exists as a cooking concept. This is the problem with these fancy French people (laughs) who invented cooking and then used every word in their language to mean something that you cook.
1: Well, if macaron and macaroon are any indication, all you have to do is fancy up the last syllable and it's a new word.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I thought, okay, instead of French, I'll go to Germany, which is the home of sweet treats as well, right? Sure. So uh, in German, slab is platter. Oh. So that's no help. No, that's no good. studded is besetzt, Ooh. which I rejected for having that very difficult to say ZT sound that apparently didn't bother you.
1: Not at all not yeah. at all although it was
0: so, tz in mine close enough um <laughs> so I, instead i went to italian right an italian slab is lastra and studied depending on whether it's masculine or feminine is costellata or costellato
1: oh and that's I thought,
0: good well those two words blend perfectly so my proposal is that we stop calling them biscuits and cookies and cronut style we blend those two words, mm-hmm. and from now on, your biscuit slash cookie is called a costrelastra.
1: Goodness me. Well, do you know what? It's a mouthful. Hey.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm hitting, I'm hitting stop now.
1: No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good. It's very good. Co- costalastra. Yeah. Which is good, because that refers to constellation and stars.
0: Very good, yeah.
1: And they are like starry, because they're dotted.
0: Exactly. I think I, like I think it's hard to argue against. Actually,
1: that's kind of a high note. I'm sorry, we're going to be slightly <laughs> anticlimactically going on to my next one. Um, for maple and pecan plats, which okay, plat oh, plats. is nice, that yeah. is slightly poetic, but I feel like we can do better. It's just very descriptive for something that is essentially food of the gods. Um, it's absolutely <clears> the throat> most throat> delicious item. No, sorry, it's the most delicious item.
0: Yeah, uh, what maple- I love, what I really love, is like nuts but sticky.
1: Yeah, They just
0: really jam their way into your teeth and they don't go out.
1: Listen, I don't know what problems you're having with your teeth. I have a grand time. I have a grand time <laughs> with a maple and pecan plat. And I've decided that I need a name that reflects its splendor. So I've set it on Tresidore, which is French for golden braid. Okay. Right? Yeah. Hella, hella good. That is I'll better. absolutely snap up the Tresidore.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's too good though. Too good for maple and pecan plats. <laughs>
1: Disagree.
0: Strong nah, disagree. It Should It should be. It should be something. Is this going to be? Is this going to be,
1: be what ends our podcast? Is this season three <laughs> overall? <laughs> I, th-
0: I think we can weather this storm.
1: Yeah, I think we'll manage.
0: <laughs> okay, well, unless you have anything else to say, I think that's it for this. Uh, let's say month.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, basically, <laughs> I've had a lovely time. It's really Me too. nice to get and back. i it. I've I
0: it. think I've learned something too well we do have an outro to say so i'm gonna say my name is james and you can find me at twitter uh, at james hunt
1: oh yeah my name's anna you can find me on twitter at boots and
0: we do have a joint podcast twitter account which is w-i-a-n podcast um but neither of us is
1: he won't let me have the her. login i have given you the login so many anymore. times
0: so once, many times
1: once and i've been through several phones and computers and lives since then so. <laughs> i'll send
0: it to you after this episode is finished <laughs> I think, I think it's time to say goodbye.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye.